Hello. Hello. And welcome to We, we like, like Stuff and, and So Should You. Uh, we got Melissa. And we got Brenny. And, and today we're having fun. And liking stuff. We're brought liking lots of stuff. Too much stuff that you can't even handle it. No, if you can't handle it, please turn off your radio. Please stay. Please just listen. We need it. We need listening. <laughs> I have no idea how much it means to us. Oh my God. Please listen to us. <laughs> anyway, um, so this is the show where we talk about things that we like. Yeah. And we hope that you like them too. Do you like anything right now? Currently? No, I don't like anything. Okay, that was our show. Thank you. Come Thank again you next listening. week. <laughs> Hopefully well, next week we'll have something to like. <laughs> um, actually, that being said, this is the last week of this season. So this is a special, this is like a season finale, I guess. Is this the last week? Did you find it out for sure? Oh, for sure. Yeah, this is the last week. Oh. Five, like, uh, 100%. Oh. There you go. Yeah. We've done it. We've done a whole season of yeah. the show. Um, I will say that I've had a lot of fun. I will also say that um, that uh, my little like for today is actually your big like from last week because I started watching mm. Neon Genesis Evangelion. Evangelion. I don't know. I think, I'm pretty it, sure it's yeah, Neon it's Genesis Eva- Evangelion. In Evangelion, yeah. I never remember how to say it um, because they never say Evangelion in the show. Exactly. What uh, anyway, do, What do you like um, about it so far? I like it a lot. I think it's fun. It's got a good story. It's got some moments where you laugh. I like the characters. The robots are cool. The angels are cool. Angels are spooky. They're really scary. I really like... <laughs> um, I just learned more about the uh, sort of super computer AI thing, the Magi. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's really cool. I like that there's so many things that like are just talked about in passing, and then as time goes on, you learn more and more about them. And I think that's something I really like in any show. Yeah, like but, like really good world building. Yeah, it's really cool world building. It's kind of just like throws you right into it, and then over time, you like learn more. It definitely shows and not tells, which is a good feature in any and that's, television program. I feel like that's sometimes really difficult to do. Like a lot of shows. Um, I'd be hard pressed to like try and name one right now, but I feel like a lot of shows that try to do that and fail are kind of the reasons why it's such like it's such like a hit or miss type of uh, storytelling. Because yeah. it's like you either do it really well or you do it so poorly that your 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 plot or like the, the world doesn't make sense. And yeah, yeah, it's hard to do, but um, they do it well. Yeah. So I started watching it after your suggestion, and I must say I do like it now. Very good. Yeah, I think just to kind of sum of us uh, sum us up uh, in a roundabout way, I I think my little like would be learning and and doing this radio show. It's very fun. Oh, and I did as as my if anyone uh, has listened to us or listened to our first episode, the my uh, maxim is the wrong word, but my premise, my the point. 
that I wanted to make in making this show was to spend more time with Melissa first and foremost. And I do that, and it feels good because we've been really busy. And yeah, I, it is nice to have the time. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. It's very fun. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Do you just talk like Waluigi the rest of the time? Yeah. Oh, well... He doesn't really, yeah, he just yells. I don't think he actually, does he have a voice? I'm sure he has a voice somewhere. All right. That's his voice. Um, I don't remember. A little like of mine is Waluigi for sure. Yeah, but that's like everybody's little like, and he's Brennan, such a naughty, it's weird not boy. everyone's little like. Some people hate Waluigi. Yeah, but they like hating him. No. Some people just hate him Mm-mm. straight out. I haven't met them. I did today. What? Yes. Who? No, no, no. It's not a big deal. No, no, no. We need to, we need are... to, we need to talk about this right now. <laughs> this is a different show. This is Who Hates Waluigi. <laughs> Tell me who they are. Well, I'm just gonna say, uh huh. They're older. Yeah. What's I up? Like they just don't understand the meme of Waluigi. Hey, c- come, 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 find me. Yo, come find us at Trent Radio right now. Let's anyway. talk about Waluigi, <laughs> buddy. Where are you at? Anyway, it's fine. You don't have to like Waluigi. To exist in this world. You don't have to like anything to exist in this world. Yeah, it's true. But I'm just saying is that like not everyone likes Waluigi. <laughs> so you can't say it's everyone's little like. But I will say <laughs> that uh, it is a good little like and a lot of people share it. Yes. It's like it's like it's like on the same measure of Shrek, but less wow. fanatic. Shrek, wow. Let's what move a film. on. Okay. What a what a trilogy. <laughs> hey, there's four of them. <laughs> Plus, like, all the weird specials. Puss in Boots had a TV show. Yeah, there's actually going to be five movies. Shrek 5 is coming out. Oh, for real? Yeah. Oh, I forgot. Mm -hmm. Don't know why, but I forgot. It's a trilogy plus two. A quadrilly. A quintrilly. No, it's it's a quadrility plus one. Oh, I see. Yeah, because it's already four. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How about you start talking about your... Did you go first? I don't. I don't. Merry, Merry Christmas. It's your turn. Oh. Why, thank you, sir. Okay. Well, my first thing. And I'm bad at, like, ad-lib and... and, and... I never said you were bad. <laughs> I said you were bad at describing things sometimes. I didn't say you were bad at ad-lib. You did that one time when I was describing us as a shop. What do you mean? What shop? <laughs> the shop where you where we sell you likes. And then you buy them, and then if you don't like them, you can't return them. So I hope oh. you like them. I see. Going back to that, uh, <laughs> the reason why I forgot it was because it wasn't that funny the first time. No, it uh, it didn't land the first time. Didn't land this time. Hey. Anyway, I'm gonna go on with my thing. Um, my thing today. My first thing is um, it's kind of a random thing, but uh, Aren't it they is all? it is a thing. Um, basically, my thing today is. The theory that Toby from The <gasps> Office is the Scranton Strangler. Oh, That's I thing. love this. Yeah. Um, there is a theory on the internet. Um, the evidence is shoddy. No, but the evidence is profound. The evidence is pretty good. It's solid evidence, but there's some holes in it. So it's, Let, let's, let's discuss. Let's, let's, yes, we, we let's will. break it down. We will. But anyway, there's this theory that Toby... From the office, the HR guy, who Michael Toby Flenderson. Toby yes, Flenderson. Thank you. 
he there's a theory that he is the Scranton Strangler. And if you know the show, there's a whole subplot where in Scranton, the place where the show takes place, that there's a strangler who begets, gets all this media attention throughout the series. Um, and basically, people on the internet have compiled all these different pieces of data that's like, um, yeah, Toby is the Scranton Strangler. Let me talk about some of this data. The first thing that people usually go to is that Toby is super frustrated in his life. Not only does everyone hate him at his job, but he also like has this wild crush on Pam and it never goes anywhere. And then like it all kind of culminates when he goes to Costa Rica to be like, I'm going to go do something for me and something that's fun. And three days into the trip, he breaks his neck and then just like ends up in a hospital bed. And so a lot of people point to that as like his snapping point of like that's when he becomes the Scranton Strangler. But to to really, I just want to add to that, to really kind of um, add on to his awkwardness and everything like that. He, I'm pretty sure he did not plan to go to Costa Rica until one point in the show um, where yeah. he, he made a joke and he made Pam laugh because they were all stuck in the security office because of whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And then he, 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 everybody laughs and he laughs and his hands go up and then it comes back down on Pam's, Pam's thigh. And everybody sees his hand on Pam's thigh. And he's just like, you know what, guys? I'm uh, making an announcement tonight. I'm going to go move to Costa Rica. Yeah. And I'm going to go hop the fence now. And then yeah. he does. Which... So that's another part of the evidence, indeed, is that Toby is weirdly strong and fast um when they run the marathon in the fun run episode he like comes in first by so long he like runs marathons all the time he hops a fence no problem he's super strong and like always exceeds in these like physical challenges even though it's not something that you would really expect from him um but he has this like secret strength so there's that that strength combined with, with this, the endurance. With this endurance, but also with this frustration that, like, kind of makes him snap. Mm. And it's, like, really kind of interesting that it is his neck that breaks Ooh. in Costa Rica. <laughs> yeah. Look at all these pieces. And then and then that's when he becomes the Scranton Strangler. Scranton Strangler. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that's, yeah, definitely he leaves to Costa Rica after he places his hand on Pam's leg and and, um, squeezes it. And later on, when he um, gives the gift to Pam and Jim for Cece being born as well, very interesting that he wanted to give them the newspaper headline from the day that Cece was born. And it was supposed to be the day previous which was like a nice headline and the day that she was actually born which was like after midnight the headline was scranton strangler strikes Strikes again again. i mean it's interesting it's interesting that the scranton strangler would strike on the day that cc was born very the day before you know very promising um and then the other really interesting thing is that you know toby is also on the jury for the scranton strangler He's one of the jury members, and that kind of becomes a big point for him because it gives him all this popularity because people want to talk to him. They want to hear from him because he, like, has all this inside scoop on the trial. Um, So he, like, becomes super 
like interested in telling people about it. It's, um, it's very exciting in that in that manner, though, because he acknowledges it. He's like, "Yeah, it, this is very exciting. Everyone wants to talk to me." Yeah, they. It's it's only because I'm on this jury, but you know, I'll take what I can get. Yeah, and then later on, after they convict the Scran Strangler, um, Toby begins writing these like novels. Uh, oh yeah, this, his mystery novels. His mystery novels, um, which are like. Ted Flanderson, I think. Yeah, it's it's literally he's just self-imposed, and he yeah. like it's like a very like but, see we're gonna get him. Yeah, they're like classic crime novels, but I feel like over time he like starts to put his guilt into these novels, and he actually admits to Oscar at one point that he feels really guilty about um, he, he, putting away the, the grand strangle because he like. He got all this pressure to, like, convict this person from everyone else on the jury, but he didn't believe that this person had done it. And then it's just, like, you know, he has all this, like, guilt. Like, it's so much guilt, and it comes up quite a bit, like, in these little chunks. And it's just, like, again, another sign. None of these things are, like, (laughs) none of these things are certain. But it's, like, just another piece of the puzzle that's, like, Toby is so sure that this guy is innocent. And the only way you could be 100% is if you're the person yourself. If you know exactly who did it. Yes. Another piece of evidence. When the whole office is watching the car chase of the Scranton Strangler running away in the car, um, people have matched the car in the car chase to Toby Flenderson's car because it is the same one that's been parked in the office parking lot. That could be a coincidence, again. But also, Toby is not in that episode at all. And there's actually a point when his phone rings and no one answers it, uh-huh. and he's not there. So there's, like, an actual point made of this point in the episode where, like, his phone actually rings and no one picks it up. And so it's, like, again, like, it's calling attention to the to his absence <laughs> and the fact he's not there. And then the chase happens, and it's, like, you know, it could be him. Um, further, there's all these, like, little... Um, little bits and pieces, little things that Toby says. Um, My personal favorite thing is that um, in the office, they're talking about ways to um, spend budget. They have this like leftover money Mm -hmm. for the office and it becomes this big debate of whether they should change the chairs or whether they should get a new printer because the copier is terrible and old and the chair is also terrible and old. Um, But if they don't use it, then they lose that money for next year and they have only until the end of the day to decide. Well, Toby wants to spend it on getting the air filters changed because the air quality is poor and he wants to get that tested and make oh, sure yeah, the that... asbestos. Yeah. And so then Toby goes and he says, Abestus is the silent killer. Michael rebuts, you are the silent ki- killer. Toby responds, you'll see. <laughs> that is a condemning piece of evidence. Okay? That's a stretch. Like, okay. I want it, and I'm accepting it, and I'll take it, take Brennan. it to go. Thank you very much. But, like, that's a... That's Did you a, like that gift raptor? <laughs> yes, please, two bows. Um, but that, that costs extra. <laughs> I will pay for it. I love this. <laughs> okay. But, like, come on. Okay. Brennan, of all the things. Brennan, all of this is a stretch, okay? I'm no. Just... No, no, no. Not all of it. 
Okay. Toby not being there when the Stranton Strangler is being chased in Toby's like specifically looking car. Yeah. The fact and also that, they're all watching it in Toby's cubicle and he's exactly out there. the the fact that um, he's uh, he's he feels guilty for putting the wrong person away. Uh-huh. He literally jumps that fence. It's like a tw- it's like a twenty foot no not twenty foot. It's like a fifteen foot fence um, that locks in their their parking lot, mm-hmm. and he just jumps it and he just jogs home. Yeah. I mean, it's very awkward, and everyone's like, oh. He he did an awkward thing and he just wants to leave the situation. It's like cool. It's like, can anybody else jump that fence though? Uh huh. No. Like, yeah. of all the things, that's the only thing that's like, that's a stretch. Everything else is like, oh God, Toby, <laughs> Toby, no. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's other pieces of evidence as well that I will tell you about. Some of them again are kind of a stretch, but people have collected all these things. Um. Another thing is when um, Robert California is the boss in the later seasons, he has this like list of people's names like on either side of the list. Yeah. And some are people who are like that in his likes. inner circle sort of thing. And the other people are just like people <clears throat> who he thinks are losers um, sort yeah. of thing. Um, and one time he goes out for lunch with Toby and like a group of everyone who's like on the winner team. And um, Jim mentions how Cece loves um Elmo and tickling Elmo. Uh-huh. And so people have connected the fact that during that conversation Toby gets up and says I don't belong here and leaves right at that point and they connect okay this is a stretch. Hey, let's go but for it. They connect tickling to the neck makes Toby think about subconsciously how he strangled people. <laughs> And he feels awkward about it. And he leaves. Okay. Again, a stretch, but a piece of evidence nonetheless. Okay. Because it is weird. Also, like, no one really gives him any attention. And so, like, obviously, he doesn't feel like he's in the winner group. So, I mean, there's other reasons why he would do that as well. Um, But uh, also, there's... um, There's... There's like some other stuff, like the fact that Toby goes to visit the Scranton Strangler at some point, and some oh, people yeah, in have prison, like, right? yeah, some people have speculated that uh, he confessed to the Strangler that he was the actual Strangler, and that's why that guy strangled him as like a poetic justice. Oh, when he went thing. to go visit him in the prison. Yeah. That's what happened. I don't remember that. Yeah, he goes to visit the Scranton Strangler in prison, the guy who was convicted. And yeah, he comes out and he has this like neck brace on because he got attacked by oh, the God. guy. Oh, yeah. I remember yeah. that neck brace. So that's why some people have said that like he confessed that he was actually the Scranton Strangler. And mm. some people think that maybe the guy in prison was like his accomplice or something. And he was just like, yeah, sorry, I put you away. And then he attacked him. All evidence. You never know. Um, the other thing is another piece of evidence, which is, again, a stretch. All these things are kind of a stretch, but it's fun to think about all these little clues, which have no together, bearing. Aside, yeah, apart, they're like, eh, together, they're like, eh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, the other thing. Apart, they're one noise. Together, they're the same noise, but said like this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit more like, I could, I could see it. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Um, so the thing is that the name of the Scrang Strangler is George Howard Scrub, and Daryl calls that the devil's name, right? Oh, yeah, because it's like 666, right? George Howard Scrub. Yeah, the devil's name. Oh, Scrub, Scrub doesn't have six letters. <laughs> no, but he just calls it... Sure. He just calls it a devil's name. And then it seems like an odd statement. Yeah. But the people on the internet have connected it to the fact that Michael constantly referred to Toby as an evil f- person, calling him Satan and the Antichrist all the time. Yeah. And they're just like, weird that he would call him the devil when Toby is the one who's usually called the devil. As I said, not the best piece of evidence. I probably should have put that one in the middle, not left it for the end. But, you know, that's fine. Um... <laughs> I just feel like there's there's more like little lines and stuff um, that Toby says. Last time I watched The Office again more recently, recently yeah. and literally the whole time I was just looking for these little like tidbits. <laughs> I was like, where are they? Where are they? And there's quite a few. Those are the main ones that I yeah. went over. But I, know, I remember when you were watching it too, you were like kind of like showing me every little thing. And it was yeah. like, I'm, you're not wrong. I'm like a PI. I was investigating. <laughs> You're you're in Toby Flanderson's uh, novels. You're one of the detectives. Oh my god! He just that's how he grooms them. Yeah. Anyway, that's my thing. Um, cool. It's a pretty fun thing, I think. That's exciting. What's your <laughs> thing? I'm here today to talk to everyone, including you, mm-hmm. about donuts. Hmm. Hmm. Ooh. And when I say donuts. I must say. Oh, yeah? Let's for go. For one thing. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Considering yeah. you're talking about this on our radio show about things you really like. Yeah. Uh-huh. We do not eat enough donuts. No. And I'm going to get to that. Because they're not good. No. that's <laughs> If I was strictly to eat things that were only good for me, I would eat. Well, I would not eat. No. no Actually, I, mean, I would eat I a lot of I mean, because the things around here aren't good donuts, Exactly. I hit the microphone, but it conveyed my feelings on that. That's mm-hmm. exactly it. I was going to get to that, but you, you hit the nail right on the head. Oh, you hit, you hit the microphone right on the, the, that part that I hit, because I don't know what it's called. The speaking part. It's really funny. You're really, you're really hitting the anyway. nail on the head with these jokes. Yeah, I did. Thank you. Thank you for appreciating and recognizing my comedic talent and timing on this hour radio show where I get to share my loves with the love of my life and you only put me down and shame me. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> okay. So let's let's break down some donuts. So when we talk about donuts, I'm not talking about so okay, there's there's like two there's like two to three like main types of donuts. There's the ring donut, everybody uh-huh. knows and loves that. If you if you're Canadian, you live in Canada, you go to a Tim Hortons, all the donuts, the ring donuts. There's filled donuts. Mm-hmm. Um, donuts don't have to be circular. You can, I guess, you can classify like eclairs and stuff like that. Like eclairs are specific, but like apple fritter. Apple fritter can technically be classified as a donut, mm-hmm. um, even though it's called a fritter. But mm-hmm. so let's break this down. I think it's under the tree, the family tree. Yeah, exactly. So we're talking about donuts. Donuts are basically just deep fried dough, and that can be a whole other like. We could talk about that for a whole day. Deep fried dough. What are we deep frying? Just bread? Hell yeah. It's great. Donuts. Excellent. What else is deep fried dough? Dumplings. Dumplings. That's not deep fried. It can be though. Mm-hmm. And oh boy. 
It's a good one, Steve Fried. So let's talk about some donuts. Um, best donuts? Name your best donut right now. My best donut? Yeah. Let's you go to a donut shop and you're like, that's the one I want. Like you just don't even classically? You open your eyes and you're like, that's it. I don't know. Like normally, I guess like double chocolate. Double chocolate. That's a good donut. Because yeah. the chocolate... Um, I mean, but, when we're talking about double chocolate, it's typically from Tim Hortons. Um, but if we're talking about the donuts your brother got us, yeah, Ooh. Then, Ooh. I mean, then, Ooh. that's the best part of it. Let's let's so that changes my whole exactly. perspective. So we got we got what is it? Cake donuts, and what's the other one? It's like elderberry. Rose. No, no, no. But like, there's two different types. There's like a, a donut could be made out of like cake itself or oh. It's it's like yeah. lighter. Um, I'm gonna use Tim Hortons as the basis of these descriptions. Tim Hortons donuts are bad. There are worse donuts. Like, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'm not they're, here to. I'm not here not to put. They're just as fresh normally. And yeah. They're kind of stale. Um, like somehow all the time. We worked at Tim Hortons, and, and it's like sweet. right out of the oven. It's like, how are you hard like this? Yeah. Why are you? Mm-hmm. Anyways, so there's cake donuts, and then there's that other donut that's generally like your vanilla dip, the sprinkles. I mean, that's the same thing. Did you okay? Did you ever know sprinkled donuts to be called Hawaiian dip? Mm, yeah. Okay. Good. That sounds very familiar. Good, because every once in a while I'll go to Tim Hortons. I'll be like, "Oh, can I get a Hawaiian dip?" And then they'll be like, "What?" And I'll be like, <laughs> well, "Vanilla dip." Yeah, it's kind of a weird thing to call it. Yeah, the, I just want to make sure I'm not insane. Anyways, <laughs> so cake donuts, A plus. Anything with chocolate on it, let's let's go. Um, oh, when you have like. Uh, maple donuts, hell yeah! Maple syrup is one of the best kind of donuts. Um, when my, can go I just for say it. Yeah, a yeah. Quick little yeah. story. When my dad used to get maple donuts out of the shop. He's a mechanic. Um, no one in the shop liked maple donuts, so oh. they would oh, throw boy. them. They would throw them at the ceiling fan. What? And watch them explode. <laughs> That's a waste of donuts. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. So then we got we got like. So we got cream-filled donuts and, like, jelly-filled donuts and fruit-filled donuts. Um, any kind of fritter, you're okay. Boston cream, get okay, like get Boston out of here. No, I don't I care. Like that's a bad donut. Custard is good. Yeah, not in my donut, and I don't even like custard. So that's well, a double no-no. Okay, well, if you don't like it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it's a bad donut. Okay. I'm not talking about what is good for the world. I'm talking about what I like. And I like donuts. Okay. And if you give me a Boston cream, I will cr- I will squeeze the cream out over your top of your head. It's extreme. Yeah. I like donuts. So... <laughs> um, oh my god. And then... Yeah, no. So, like, growing up, donuts, you would just go to a donut shop and it would just be, like, like garbage trash donuts. And it would be like, yeah, this is donuts. Um, and then being closer to Toronto and, like, actual bakeries... Um, we got real donuts and then my brother, Mike, he started doing, well, he's been vegan for at, at least a year, a couple of years, probably time is weird. Um, uh, but he's been vegetarian for like almost a decade now. Um, so getting like vegetarian or, or like more, more likely vegan donuts, uh-huh. um, that is where it's at. These vegan donuts, they're so big and they're like, they, they have to be packed full of sugar, but they're not sweet. They're not like, they're not like you want to pull your own teeth out cause it's so sweet. They're they're just good and they're like they're doughy and they're it's like natural sweetness. So yeah, it doesn't like and they're they're like fluffy and the, the it's like there's so much. There the one donut that I had, my brother gave me a bunch of donuts for my birthday. Um, they're really good. they're so good. I can't remember 
there was a couple shops downtown. If I remember by the end of the show, I'll, I'll start listing them off. Uh, but there was, yeah, the elderberry donut. It had like the the pink frosting. It was just like a regular donut. Um, and it looked like the frosting was so little. And I was like, the frosting is my favorite part mm-hmm. of the donut. But it was quite thick when you and bit that, into and that's it. And that's what I'm talking about. So you bite into this donut and then there's just, there's such, you look at it and you're like, oh, there's going to be too much donut, not enough frosting. You bite into it and it's like, it's not too sweet. It's not too like dry. It's not too like moist and greasy. And there's so much frosting. And I didn't know I didn't want that much frosting. This is the perfect amount of frosting. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, these donuts were just incredible. There's there was no way. Like I need to ask my brother. I'm gonna see if I could text him right now. Because <laughs> um, there was a place downtown. Give us the donut name. <laughs> well, there was a place downtown to close. Because I I got my I got my previous manager. Uh, my well, my well, I, I would call her my friend too, but like I've only worked with her really, uh, and then we went to like concerts and stuff. But it doesn't matter. Um, I got her donuts as well. Um, through being cool, that was one place. I'm pretty sure they closed down, but it was called Through Being Cool. It was downtown, and it was just these mat like these donuts. If if you, how do I? Like my hands are pretty big, but like the donuts are like this big. The donuts you could you could argue that. On a normal person's face, if I'm looking at Melissa's face, a donut would be able to fit like 80% of her face. That's how big these donuts are. And they're just so good. And it's just, it was just incredible. And they, they have different stuff. They have like chocolate. And to have fruit in their donuts was pretty good. Like Boston cream, get out of my face. Apple fritters, I don't want them because they're... I like Why are you hating on everything? Lame and stale from Tim Hortons, but you give me a donut that's a real donut from yeah, a real, from real, a real bakery. Fruit. Oh my God. Yeah, so We're good. We're having a party. If you give me a Boston mm-hmm. cream still, I'm not going to squeeze it out over your head. I'm just going to give it back to you and say, please, no, thank you. You could try it. Maybe you like it. No, I just don't like custard. And it's just a weird consistency. It makes the donut... <sighs> so like, good. no, a Boston cream makes it too moist. Yeah, it's too good mo- about it. No, but like, I don't want it to be too moist. I want, like, the the whole point of the frosting on it as well. Or, or like, the, the glazed... Sh- okay. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Just gotta let it go. Yeah, like, the frosting or the glazed sugar, it's that, like, that adds a bit more moisture and texture, and it's either, like, a little bit crispy or a little bit, like, gooey. And then the Boston cream would just be like... Ugh. Like, like it, it's just like having, like, I guess it's, it's just mass. And it's, it's never just really thick. been my experience, though. I've, like, always had... No, it, 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 it clearly defines... The fa- it, sorry, it clearly stems from the fact that I just don't like Boston cream. I don't like mm-hmm. custard. I've never liked custard. It's, it's always been a problem because, like, my sister loves custard. I don't know if my brother does, but, like, my mom and dad always love custard. My well, mom I can't would make... love custard anymore. Why? I could love vegan, but custard has eggs. Oh, yeah. No, that's fair. But I'm anyway, sure you could figure that out. This but, like, isn't a show about what we don't like. I know. I, I like to talk about my mom, though. And, oh, yeah. And okay. stuff. So, talk like, about your mom. Yeah, my mom and, like, my sister would make custard at home, and every time they would just, like, feed it to me, and I'm like, Mom, come on. I don't like custard. And She's like, custard yeah. friend. Well, she would, like, just try it. And I, I swear to God, I've tried custard like 20 times over the course of my life from my mom. And every single time she's like, no, just try it. You're going to like it. Mm. Relatively. I'm sure there's oh. been other instances of things. But like... Her mom gave me custard. I'd love that. Oh, I'm sure. Like, it, it just used Did to be like, like a thing. Yeah, I like pudding. It's the same thing. It's not. It is. No. What's the difference? Pudding is lighter. I guess. What do you mean, I guess? Okay. Pudding is lighter. That's fair, but they're very similar consistencies. They are similar. But I wouldn't sit down and eat like if you if you fill. I the... wouldn't sit down and eat a bowl of custard either. I put custard <laughs> on, a, on a angel fruit cake with some fruit on it. Yeah. Okay. Give me the fruit. 
Fill the pastry with fruit. You give me that, and I'm having a good time. And then put the custard on top. No. Mm. Give me the, put that, I will slap that custard away. Don't slap it away. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, slap it. <laughs> I'll slap it into your mouth. How about that? That sounds there's, great. Yeah, there's the, uh, there's the compromise. But yeah. Compromise. I really like donuts. And like, I really gotta, it, personally, I would never say that I need to not eat things that I like. If I want something and I like it, I will eat it. Um, but I would also like to fit into the clothes that I already have. I need to refresh all of my wardrobe. And that's a different yes. conversation altogether. But um, I would be more comfortable if I lost a little weight. And I can't eat as many donuts as I would like. But I still eat them because F it. Yeah, you can't stop me. They're my donuts. And he likes them. So should you. Exactly. Donuts are great. Don't eat Boston cream. They're gross and nobody likes them. Okay. <laughs> Man. <laughs> This isn't a show where we hate on things, Brendan. I'm not hating on anything. You you literally are. No. Nope. You're literally saying. No. I like donuts, and Boston cream is a donut, and I don't like Boston cream, so boo, boo, boo on you. Shooty, boo, boo. Get out of my suit. Okay. What's your second thing? Wow. <laughs> That's how you introduce it. Well, What's I up? I don't know if I can talk about it after that. Is it display. Boston cream? Is it custard? It is. Are we fighting? It's custard. Where's the Wario hater? No, Waluigi. It's ten layers of custard. <laughs> it's a custard cake. That's my second thing. Oh, that's so gross. It's just custard. Different custard. layers and they have different densities? That yeah. sucks. I yeah. hate that. There's different amount of cream <laughs> in each layer. <laughs> Some have more <laughs> egg. <laughs> <laughs> this, this sounds awful. Even if you do like custard, this sounds gross. Sometimes the layers seep together a little bit, and it becomes just. Then you get a cust- bit of osmosis, some custard yeah, osmosis it just becomes custard. The like, blob. Yeah. It just you leave it in the fridge overnight. Just when you get up, it's a different color than you left it. The layers are gone. Something's wrong. <laughs> just, when dairy and egg change color when you don't mean it to okay but the fun thing is is that you layer it all the layers are different colors and then the bottom one the bottom layers is where you put the lightest stuff so then it switches overnight yeah but when it switches it just mixes together so it doesn't switch it mixes it mixes yeah so switching saying it switches is wrong anyway this isn't a thing i'm going to talk about at all and i don't know why i (laughs) what do you mean why okay Okay, I entertained it for too long. That's what I'm saying. I just thought you were blaming me? No, I wasn't blaming you. I was blaming myself. Okay. Um, My second thing is a musical act. Not It's just a band. Um, Oh. (laughs) (laughs) And... I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah, thank you. Okay. The band I'd like to talk about today is Florist. Um, Hmm... What? It's a very good band. Yes. Yes. yes it's a band I love a lot. Um, Brendan and I play a lot of D&D, um, which is sort of related, sort of not to this conversation. Um, to be fair, we, we definitely found Floris beforehand. Like, you showed we me Floris. We did. Yes. We did. We did <clears throat> know Floris beforehand. But I feel like... It's, it's it, definitely... It, it became more... 
became than more. just listening to Floris on the side. Yeah. Um, so basically, we play a lot of D and D, which will be its own show sometime where we yeah. just do one hour of talking about D and D. Yeah, we can get like we could thing. probably get Allie back because she plays D and D. She's been bugging me about D and D every week, and yeah. I just feel bad because it's like. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. We can't. Someone's busy. Melissa's dying. Yeah. We can't. Yeah. But I'm you know very what? Excited. I want to see what happens. Anyways, sorry, continue. Yes. Anyway, so D&D is a big tangent, which is why I'm not getting into yeah, yeah. it too much. I'm just saying that we've started getting into like this thing where we really try and pair music to like characters and scenes and moments in time. Just, just so I can comment, it's ruined our lives. It has. Because been. like... Our, we had one campaign where we were basically told to make our characters and then pick one song that represents them. And we were like, cool, that's cool. And then the entire campaign had a full soundtrack because yeah. every moment had its own song. And then we yeah. had our songs played at certain moments. Yeah. And then now all the characters we ever make is like, oh, this is their song now. Yeah. Um. Anyway, but this kind of started Sorry. before with my campaign in which I picked the song. It was just perfect for one of the characters, mm. and um, and that just became that character's song, um, and that song was "Glowing Brightly" by Florist. Um, and now every time I listen to that song, it makes me sad because it makes me think about that character who has a very tragic yeah. story. Um, but that's not really what I'm here to talk about. Oh, I'm here no. to talk about also when in Hundred Year Festival at the end of that. Oh, vacation, played... yeah. Oh, God. Um, yeah. Anyway, Florist, <laughs> I feel like the reason why I wanted to preface with that is because Florist makes this these really beautiful, ambient, sad, sorrowful, full of emotion songs. And I was doing some research. Are you going to play one? Do you want me to play one? I will. I just, yes. Sorry, I'm just very excited. Um, you can cue it up for me, actually, if okay. you want. Or you could just put up YouTube. Um but basically, I was doing a little bit of research about Florist. Um, so Florist became a band in, oh, I forget what year they became a band in. It goes like 2013 or something, or 2012. Um, and they were built out of like a bunch of um, friends who moved to New York City together. Um, and no, I actually want to play Redbird. Okay. Um, and basically I found out that, um, one of her first, uh, yes. So yeah, they began in like 2012, 2013, um, two months after they moved to New York, um, the main singer, Emily Sprague was, um, in a hit and run when she was riding her bike. Oh God. And she got hit by a bus. Oh. She literally thought she was going to die. Yeah. And it just, and she was 19 years old. And it completely changed the way that she thought about being alive. I can't, and I, 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 I want to say like a funny quip of like, oh, I, I didn't understand. I wouldn't have guessed. That's the quip. But wow. It yeah. definitely reflects in her music. And then, so um, she started writing. Um, the first florist full-length album, The Bird Sang Outside, which came out in 2016 while recovering from that injury. And she really, like, tried to write music as much as she could while also 
like having casts all over her body and like trying to create this music with like a keyboard and like a guitar and like doing the best that she could while like trying to recover from this injury um the band's second lp which came out in 2017 if blue could be happiness which is probably my favorite i love the whole album yeah that's well that's the one that solidified for me yeah because if blue could be happiness is an incredible song but then also it has glowing brightly on it which is also doesn't it have thank you as well or was that the previous no that's the previous one okay okay okay. um and this album came out after the death of emily sprague's mother and this song red bird is about their close bond and i feel like it's a really sad and emotional song but it really gets the whole vibe of florist out that i want to convey to people who've never heard them before absolutely um and yeah it's just like a really sad emotional song about her mom that passed away so we're gonna play that for you right now So I see myself A mother's only daughter In the red of the earth Tell the blue jays Come inside You love to watch them now So do I Afraid 
Redbird, um, a song written about Flor, um, the main singer Emily Sprague's mother, um, and, and one of the last things that the lead singer Sprague remembers her mom telling her was that um, I love that song. You described our relationship perfectly because she wrote it while her mom was still alive. Yikes! And yeah, and then she said it's the most meaningful thing that's ever happened to me that her mom said that. So it's a very sad song. Um, very sad. And it's, it's not necessarily like a downer, but it's like, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so Florist recently came out with a new album called Emily, um, alone. And, um, one of the songs on it, M actually features a sample of an old recording of her mother singing as well. Um, so there's all these kind of little, Things. Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> I know. I <laughs> don't hurts. know. I know. It's like, it's so, like... It's so emotionally charged. And it's but not it's also emotion. so it's, it's connected. It's so positive. It's so positive and so sad, but also just, like, so special. and But also, like, so connected to what I was talking about with our D&D characters, which, obviously, um, <clears throat> if you ever played D&D and got really into it, you know how, like, connected you can become to these, like, stories and characters that you create. And I feel like a lot of that emotion that you could hear in that song and like the motivation behind it, you can really also feel in our campaign just like connects really perfectly. Um, But yeah, um, Florist is a really cool band. Um, There's a really great article on Pitchfork where I was like talking a lot of this is information is coming from. Um, But yeah. It's like a really cool article um, talking about, um, oh, I guess also when she was writing her, um, she also wrote thank you after the bike accident as well. Yikes. I kind of figured. Um, and she like made, basically she said in the interview that she made that song well out of her mind from this crazy traumatic thing that physically broke her down. And she was, like, in a neck brace and a sling. She couldn't play the guitar. She couldn't do, like, anything. Yeah. And she just, like, thought, like, oh, if I can just do one thing and start adding to my song, then at least that's, like, something. Um, And she had, like, all these ideas for these songs. Um, And she wanted to make that song um, Thank You about everything empathy in the world just running and how you can exist in that she made it with a 75 dollar keyboard and a looper pedal um playing with the knobs and recording first try yo so just some cool facts about that song thank you um which she recorded after she was in a hit and run bus accident while biking um while she was 19 um yeah so anyway 
Florist is just like a really powerful, beautiful band. Um, they have three LPs right now, and they're all really good. And yeah. I would really recommend you go and listen to them. Um, I will say that they are sad, and but they're also just nice and full of like... It's very impactful. It's not sad for the sake of being sad. It's sad because yeah. it's like... Oh, we're talking about this now? Okay, yeah. let's But let's you can almost like this. sense like in that song Redbird that I played, like it always makes me like emotional like listening to it. Yeah. And like now that I know the context of it, it's almost worse. Yeah. But it's like, not it it's, is like, worse. it's not worse, but it, it's it's more impactful and it, it is, draws yeah. out those emotions much more much uh, much more strongly. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I love Florist and I could talk about them. And play all of their music all day long. Um, also, there's a really cool NPR Tiny Desk concert with Florist that I would also really recommend you watch. Because it's very good. And, yeah, listen to Florist, the band, all of their albums. Um, again, my favorite is If Blue Could Be Happiness, but they're all really good. Yeah. But I'll let you go, because we're running out of time. Ain't that the way. Mm-hmm. I did go first. No, you did go first last week, because I this did. happened this week. It did. I do apologize. I should have. That's okay. You have to keep me on better track and say, hey, stop talking. Well, I'm not going to do it on air. Stop talking here. No. <laughs> Rob, no. They don't know Rob. Yeah, and we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> it's not something we like. <clears throat> um, so my second thing is kind of a big thing, and it's an, a little unfortunate that I have much less time to talk about it. And I'm not blaming you, but that's I'm just sorry. how it is. Um my second thing is The Legend of Zelda. Oh. Yeah. The whole thing? Well, Why like, do you do this every time? Last time you did Pokemon, it's like... What? Am I going to pick a different game every yeah. other week? To just pick... Well, you can say you love Legend of Zelda, but you can pick a game to, to focus like, to on. To talk about? Yeah. I guess. Yeah, okay. Well, let me do Let me do a little bit of history do, and then I'll pick a game. Do what you're going to do. Okay. So Legend of Zelda... It's a game for the Nintendo. It started out, uh, what was it, 1986? Unreal. That is unreal. Yeah, so it's, it was first launched on the Nintendo Entertainment System, the original. Um, and yeah, it just kind of went from there. It was one of the first kind of like free roam, op- open open world games of that nature. Um, where you didn't, like, you can, you can kind of go wherever you want and there was nothing really to stop you. Um, obviously secrets would be hidden. You'd need like bombs and fire and whatnot to, to do things. And certain enemies would be much tougher without the right equipment, but like you can kind of go wherever you want. And that was really groundbreaking for that time. Um, in speaking to that, I was actually able to earlier this year, I sat down with a copy of it because I was able to play it on my Nintendo switch. Um, and realistically in, in terms of like game design groundbreaking for the time, um, playing it now, (laughs) <laughs> for the first time, it is one of the worst games I've ever played. <laughs> yeah. um, and that's only because of the mechanics of the game. Like, there's too many opportunities to get lost. There's no real direction. Right. And, and, like, you know, not that you need to be told where to go. It's just, like, you, there's, there's nothing. Right. You have to figure it out. And that's that's part of the game, especially in, like, the 80s and 90s. Like, yeah. that's how, not how you pad out time, but that's how you, like, that's how you make the game. Because mm-hmm. um, you don't have as much space to yeah, make like the world huge. exactly yeah so like a lot of the game is is figuring it out and like backtracking uh but like with conventional game design now like in my lens the first zelda is an awful 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 game um i would i would still highly recommend you like look at it 
as like a as a mark in this entry to this series. But it's like I I will absolutely tell every I don't care if it's nostalgic. It's a bad game. You can have nostalgia for bad things, and yeah. I'm not telling anyone not to like it. It's a bad game. Yeah. Let's just I'm just gonna clear the air right there. Come fight me. It's the original Zelda's bad game. Come fight Brendan about Waluigi and about Zelda. Yeah, and if you game. like Boston cream donuts, bring your Boston cream, <laughs> and I will crush them in your face. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyways, um, so the Legend of Zelda, um, kind of as a series. Um, it started off very simply. There is just like you were the character Link, um, given the opportunity and basically the destiny to go save Hyrule. Um, generally speaking, there was always the enemy of um, Ganon or Ganondorf, just like this, like almost evil incarnate um, in the like the first few games, and um, you were off to save Princess Zelda. Um, and princess like so those three uh pieces were kind of representative of courage power and wisdom power being just raw power that ganondorf had you representing courage um to face all sorts of adversity and just like nonsense there there's bosses and enemies that are mm-hmm. just like oh boy a 10 a 10 to 15 year old to a 20 year old shouldn't be doing this um yeah and Zelda having the wisdom to always find a way to either reach out to you, protect you, um, help you out whenever you can. Mm-hmm. Um, like Is being that able what to... the Triforce stands for? Yeah, it's power, wisdom, and courage. Huh, I never um, knew that. Um, in the, what do you know? Yeah. In the, in the, like, so uh, throughout all the Zelda games, there's, be, there's what's become like this very convoluted timeline. It's not actually too confusing, but saying it out loud, it would be really rough. So essentially... Um, the world was created, and there was the three gods, uh, Din, Pharaoh, and Nehru. And they came down, um, I think it was Din, with her flaming arms, she she created the earth, like she created matter. Mm. Um, and uh, Pharaoh uh, gave birth to um, kind of like the, the, not life itself, but she gave birth to like, like the greenery. Like mm. and like, like flowers. Yeah, like essence almost. Right. No, not essence. I'll, I'll say that she gave birth to life. Flora. Ne- yeah, Nehru gave birth to like basically gave souls to everything, gave uh. spirits, and that's that's. I don't want to confuse that. Right. Um. So the three of them came together. They made the world, and then they were like, "Cool, we did our thing." Um. And effectively, it's like creationism. They made everything, and then they just like buggered off. Mm-hmm. Um. And then they when they left, they were like, "You know what? We did a good thing. We're gonna leave the Triforce down here." And for for everyone on the world, um, if you if you use the Triforce, you will have access to our power, this ultimate power of creation and whatnot. Um, but the stipulation was is that if you did not have a, a proper balance of courage, power, and wisdom, mm-hmm. the Triforce would break apart and seek those out that represent that. Uh. Um, and each game, almost every game. Um, it's basically reincarnation. The first game in the canonical series is Skyward Sword. And Skyward Sword gets uh, dumped on a lot. Um, I love that game. Of all the Zelda games, it's actually one of my favorites. It's there with Breath of the Wild and Twilight Princess um, and Majora's Mask. Like, top five, those four, and then the I guess the, the fifth one, not necessarily in order, being the last of them, um, A Link to the Past. And that's just whoever wants to listen to that. Um, those are my top five. Skyward Sword is dope. Um, basically, what happened in creating this, having the Triforce there, like, 
let's not talk about the wisdom of the gods because they let this thing down there and everyone started fighting as you would it's like oh god there's yeah. this much power mm-hmm. we're killing everybody for it um so all these yeah all these wars happened and um there was a different goddess hylia that came down and was like oh boy demons are coming up this is a bad thing she found some people that would then become hylians um and she was like you know what peace out and she lifted the ground up and that became Skyloft, which is the, the main place where Skyward Sword takes place. You are the initial, you are the first, like, incarnation of Link. Um, mm. And it kind of shows where, why the, the Hylian crest is the way it is, showing the red bird. Because um, in the sky, there are different birds and they use what's called loft wings to kind of fly around to the different, like, floating islands. And Link's loft wing is, like, um, the only red loft wing. They're a very rare coloration. Um, and all these things happen, um, and you literally find the sword of power, but the sword of power is very weak. And in playing throughout the game, you create the master sword. You create the the legendary sword that's known throughout all of time. Um, and then, like in in beating the game, you, when you beat the the enemy demise, it's literally demise is evil incarnate, and he's just like, you know what? I wanted this so bad, and you took this from me. I had it. I had the Triforce and you took this from me. So from this day, I will be reborn and I will find your reincarnation and I will seek you out and kill you and I will come and find Zelda's reincarnation and I will seek you out and I I birth this curse into the world. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't care that people have problems with the mechanics of this game or anything like that. You give me that story, I'll do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. I beat that game and I was like, okay... Oh, <sighs> and that like there, there was so much depth to the storytelling of that game. There were so many good characters. Groose was such a dope. He was like the classic like bully, and mm-hmm. this guy straight up had like a pompadour. He's like big and like triangular in his body, mm-hmm. um, and he would he would literally bully Link. And then once it kind of came to be that like Link didn't care about being bullied, it was more about like protecting everybody. He kind of like figured it out, and he was like, I, you know what? I'm not as courageous as you. I'm not as strong as you are internally, but I'm Groose. So I'm going to help out. And he just mm-hmm. like, like later in the game, he gets like a cannon. And he starts like helping you out by like firing cannonballs at you. And he's so excited. It was a whole thing. So yeah, I'm talking about Skyward Sword. Skyward Sword is a wicked game. Yeah. And it had such good mechanics. The, the, the motion, the motion aspect of it, because you had to use the Wiimote for a lot of things. It was really good, and I really enjoyed it, and a lot of people hated it, and that's why a lot of people hated this game. Tristan refuses to play this game, because if he has to use the motion control, he refuses to play it. Right. And it's just like, Tristan, shut up. Get out of here. Uh, you, Tristan, we're not talking that? about this. You know what? Tristan go eat some Masa Kree. Go eat some Masa Kree. Go hold Waluigi's hand and think about your life. I ain't about this. Skyward Sword is an amazing uh. game. And... and, and in reading up a lot about a lot of um, Legend of Zelda, it's just there's lots to kind of work off of. Um, I really have to cut this short. We got about a minute left, um, so yeah, maybe I'll talk about Legend of Zelda later on. We'll definitely have an episode about D and D. Talk g- about it. More. Gonna thank Matt Campbell for our nylon guitar and marimba background music. It's always lovely. I'm actually gonna do a quick shout out to Yano Casino. Um, they're a different Canadian band. Uh, one of the people we played D and D with actually, Alex Hansen. Um, doing guitars and vocals for that. They got Brett Vi- uh, Vipend, I think, is how you pronounce that. I actually don't know how to pronounce the last names. Um, Antho Robert, uh, Tom Pekarski, 
Um, they're all in this band, Yano Casino, um, little indie band from uh, Toronto. We're going to play a song from them to kind of play us out called uh, Child Actor. Wicked, wicked song. I am absolutely in love with it. Um, here you go. Inside. 